Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Okay, now listen to this. I, I want to tell you a phrase dropped in my heart on Friday, and I said it out of my mouth, and not every phrase that goes through my mind is of God, especially if someone takes my parking spot. It's, uh, it's not good. And, but this phrase came out of my mouth, and I really believe it's a God type of phrase. And when my ears heard what my mouth said, I felt the presence of God enveloped me. And he said, you'd be willing to be comfortable to, to live in the comforts of the mystery or be comfortable in living in the mystery. And mystery is not like one of those movies or books where it's like, was it the butler? Was it the maid? Was it the former boyfriend? No, that's not what it's talking about. Just something that's secret or unknown. Mystery refers to the universe and God and no one can figure out God nor the universe, all the elements of it. And there's one reason why we can experience the mystery is that we yield total control to the Holy Spirit. You and I do not know what will happen in this year, the couple years to come, but being confident in God. And I would say the greatest thing that helps us is a part of the Lord's prayer, Jesus, I trust you. The only way I could describe mystery, and we have a sermon to preach, so this isn't it, is if you are able to fly a private plane in the marine layer, fog comes in or it's cloudy and rainy, that your, your senses, your natural human senses, what is up will feel like you're going down and what is down will feel like you're going up. It's opposite. So therefore, you cannot fly a plane in the state of California and let in during those conditions unless you are instrument rated because it's those instruments when you feel like the plane's going down, it's actually going up and vice versa. That through God and through prayer, and I want to say the Lord's Prayer, we could become instrument rated. And we may not know what tomorrow brings, but we know the God who created it yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And we do believe that. If you have uh, your card, prayer card, please uh, take that here in the auditorium and online. You could go to citychurchca.com and you could download this. If you like the last two songs we were singing, our church wrote these and it's to help really generate uh, a spirit of the Lord's Prayer. And what's so awesome about the Lord's Prayer or known to Catholics, our Father, is that millions of people pray this daily and have for 2,000 years. This is the prayer of the church, specifically the church who lives in the end of the end of time. And the Lord's Prayer comes from the actual prayer of Jesus Christ. And I believe today that your life is going to be changed forever. Now, this prayer, and if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 11. If you don't, the scripture we're going to read is on the card, and we're going to read that in a moment. You must know this, there is a divine order 
to this uh, card or this prayer. It starts off the first three phrases, or let's say it this way, petitions or prayers of the Lord's Prayer begin with focus on God. And you'll see here on the card, do you see on your card, look at it. The first one is praise, then power. And with these two words, praise and power, we have three prayers or three statements or three petitions. And it says, our Father, and you could read it with me from your card, just look at your card, or if you're online, you could download that. Our Father, let's read it out loud, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So these three phrases are, uh, are praise and power. I would tell my boys, I actually use this pattern of prayer. And Jesus did not teach this for us to religiously, mindlessly babble it on in reciting it over and over. But this is created by Christ for us, the church, to pray as a pattern into the very soul of God. And so I would use this to really shape my sons as we were raising them. So in the morning when we were driving to school, if they were complaining, oh, I don't like the cereal. Oh, it's too cold. Oh, it's too hot. I would say, boys, you complain and you will remain. But if you praise, you will be raised. I know it's goofy, but it worked on them. And so today we're going to two words, and it's provision and people. And in the Lord's Prayer, it makes a shift. The first three petitions, again, are God-focused. Then the focus changed to our hierarchy of needs. Every human being has a hierarchy of needs, and it begins with provision and people. And I would say the Lord's Prayer really shifts our lives from being very natural to being supernatural as we begin to trust God to provide for us daily and that we are able to forgive people. And so if you have your card, let's begin to read this out loud. Luke 11, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. And it says, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he had ceased that one of his disciples said to him, say this part with me, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray or taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, if you could read it with me, let's do it. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Wait, wait, I made a mistake because I know the old version. Let's read it again, verse 3. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who's indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want you to know, uh, when we started this series, uh, Zach and Rachel and their daughter, who's two, Olivia, were watching from home. Because I, I don't know if Olivia was sick or Rachel or Zach. 
And when I got to the part, and we began to read what we just read, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, she, her, she stopped playing with her toys. And when you watch online, you should include your family. Don't be cooking and doing a thousand things, texting your ex, but really be focused, you know, thinking about you. Oh, I thought you were thinking about Jesus. You know, you know, hate you. No, no, you're supposed to forgive them, you know. And, and so she's playing with her toys when she heard me say, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. She stopped. She's only two. Went into her bedroom, came out, sat on the sofa, opened up a book by Max Licato, which was written for children that have prayers in the Bible for children. Can I just stop? One of your chief aims and my chief aims to do with our children, you could potty train them, you could teach them to do their numbers and their alphabet and how to read and how to play soccer. But one of the greatest things as Christian believing parents is that we teach our kids how to pray. And the greatest way we teach our children how to pray, we actually pray and model it before them. And I kid you not what happened, she opened the book to the Lord's Prayer. She pointed at the page, and you know what she said to Zach and Rachel? Heaven. Can I say right now, absolutely right out of the mouth of a babe comes praise. Can I say you may have hell striking your life right now? Learn this as a pattern and you will get out of hell. And if you're in hell, don't buy a condo near the, near the lake of fire. It's going to be smoky and hot. Can I say, let God take you out of hell, bring you into heaven through the Lord's prayer. Can you say amen? Now, today, I want you to say this. Say provision, people. Say it this way. Say give and forgive. Now, let me just say you will never be able to give unless you learn how to get. You can't give if you don't have anything to give. But when you receive forgiveness, then you can give forgiveness. And these two phrases challenge me the most in this prayer. And it's also the point of the prayer that takes total trust. I want you to write three things on your prayer. Three words. Jesus, I trust. Oh, I don't know how to count. I need to go back to school. <laughs> Say, Jesus, I trust you. To receive God's daily provision, you're going to have to trust that God will meet your needs. And to forgive people, this is the most challenging part of this prayer, is to forgive those who've hurt us. Now, let's go to this card. It says, give us this day our daily bread. And I really like it when it says this, give us day by day our daily bread. Say that with me. Give us. Am I the only one when I think of that phrase day by day, I think of the movies, Meet the Fockers? I mean, come on, if you have a name like mine, Fuquay, Meet the Fuquays or the Fockers sound a lot alike, right? 
especially when people try to pronounce my name. Uh, uh, nice to meet you, Mr. Falker. And it's like, not quite how you pronounce it, you know. And so, remember, he's Jewish. He's at the table. And he say, hey, will you pray over the meal? And he's like, really uncomfortable. Oh, dear Lord, three things I pray to follow you more clearly. And he's doing the sign language. Is that not amazing? Some people treat prayer like that. They become uncomfortable. You could be very comfortable that God is going to meet your needs and you're going to be able to forgive those who have hurt you. Can you say, yeah, Lord? Now, I'm going to give two stories in this talk or sermon as I'm preaching, speaking, communicating about my boys. Because as I prayed this, I began at the age of 22. Four years later, I would be married. I meshed this not only into my life, into my marriage, but as we raised our kids. And one of the things that we wanted to teach the boys is that God would meet their needs day by day. And it did not say God will meet your your needs year by year or month to month. Why? Because faith is in the now. And right now, a sovereign faith is going to begin to hit our hearts and our minds. And I want us to begin to read these scriptures. Deuteronomy 8.18. Look at your card and we're going to read it. You may want to mutter it out loud. And you shall remember the Lord your God. Why? For it is he who gives you power to get well, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your father's as it is this day. Proverbs 8.21, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth. Why? That I may fill their treasures. In this look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, and I want you to read this one out loud with me. This is very, very powerful in trusting that day by day, God will give us our daily bread. Let's read Philippians 419 out loud together and my God well 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 you need to say it like you're from the south in a wow chair and my God that's how they had said in the south and my God how many of you ever said it that way you haven't lived until you said it that way come on say it one more time and my shall supply all, 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 all. Does that not sound like a two-year-old? All, 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 all. That's Abishai. Back up all, back up all, back up all, back up all. All, 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 all. Someone's going to get it in a minute. He's not going to meet half your needs, 90% of your needs, 10% of your needs. He is going to meet all your needs according to his riches, not according to who's in the White House, not according according to whether it's inflation or not, not according to the gas prices, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, about half of you believe that. Now, you know what needs to happen? You pray it and you pray it and you say it and you pray it and it goes from the intelligence to the personality into the heart. And that's where faith is born. Let's read it out loud. And my God shall supply all 
according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Let's go on to this next one, Psalms. It's on the card, and it's Psalms 35, 27. And it says, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Can you say amen? Uh, growing up, my parents were affluent, and I don't, we never did. We never once heard this phrase, like, Mom, can we go to the movies? Or, Dad, can we uh, try out for art lessons or a sports team that had a fee? We never heard this phrase, and I want you to hear this, we don't have the money. Uh, whatever our needs were, they were always met in the comfort and the security that brings. When I would come of age and I would give my heart to Jesus Christ, and I want you to know what's happening right now and with this prayer, it leads you and guides you and guides us into yielding total control that we give God control of our life. And one of the greatest ways to see, and people get uncomfortable when churches speak of money and and they go, I knew they were going to talk about money. Money is mentioned in the New Testament more than anything, especially by Jesus. And God is not after your money. He owns a thousand Cadillacs and thousand oaks. Are you with me? He's not troubled. The streets are made of gold. He, he has resources. But when we give, it's actually coming. Will you trust God? Will you trust God to, with the 10%. And I love it. It says, give us day by day our daily bread. But when I would choose to go to a Christian university, I was called to go to that university. My family said, they said, we will pay for any university that is state university. But if you're going to a Christian or a religious, this is how they said it, university, you're on your own. Can I say that was the greatest thing that ever happened to me? Because when you're on your own, you're not on your own. God is with you. When you become a child of God, not just a believer, not just, well, I believe in Jesus. No, I am a son of God. I am a child of God. And if my earthly father could meet my needs, how much more my heavenly father meet my needs. And I find a lot of people who believe in Jesus, maybe they're Catholic or Protestant, Baptist or Pentecostal, they believe in God on a Sunday, but they struggle believing God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And they really begin to struggle when it comes to their mortgage, their rent, their gas money, their food money. Can I say when I was in college, I was struggling. I wanted God to pay the bill like my earthly dad did. did just didn't think about it. I really thought a boatload of cash was going to fall from heaven, but it didn't work that way. And one day God impressed on my mind and he said this, Jude, if you cannot believe me, please get this, to meet your daily needs like tuition, room and board, gas money. How can you believe me for California to be saved, to HIV to be healed, for people to come back to God? How can I believe God for something's abstract and supernatural if I cannot believe God to meet my needs, to eat? And daily bread is not just food. It's that my daily needs are met, not my daily greed, but my daily needs are met. And everyone say, today, today. 
Today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. And he says, give us today. And you know why he said today? Because today represents now, which represents faith. And I have a hunch, if I can believe God to meet my lunch, then God can meet the rest of my life. Are you with me? And so we tried to teach the boys this. We, and then, you know, it was interesting. Not only would I graduate from a Christian university, and I love anyone who puts their kid in a Christian school, but if you are like Becky and I, and the Christian school costs 30000 a year, which is 3000 a month, I only made 2400 a month. And so that was already outside my ability to pay. And I remember thinking, should we tithe? We're pastors. Yeah, we tithe on the 2400 the house payment was really 2000 plus the car payment we didn't even have money in today Becky and I look back it is a mystery how in the world did we put all three boys to a Christian school and I stand before you this is no mere prayer this is a pattern into the heart of Jesus Christ and when you begin to feel the father's heart for you you will ask and keep on asking you will seek and keep on seeking and you're gonna knock 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 and keep on knocking and I want to say I've been young I've had Botox and I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging can you say amen And so we tried to raise our boys with that. Our boys never thought of tuition or vacation. Oh, you know what I love about being a granddad? I'll tell you right now. Because Jude, John, and Jake, Dad, how did you and Mom pay for all that? We didn't realize how much a vacation when I go, yeah, thug, I I trusted God. That's how, you know. And, And so can I say right now, day by day, he will give us our daily bread circle that on the card daily bread I want to give you three things that daily bread means number one it doesn't mean just food it means that he's going to meet your daily needs and if you believe that and maybe you kind of do in your mind but not in your heart it needs to be a heart belief because please get this this pattern not only takes us into the heart of God It brings God's heart into my heart where I believe God is for me. He is not against me. Now, please get this. A lot of religious people who attend church struggle asking God to meet basic needs. You know what? You're going to think this is crazy, but as a pastor in Beckham at times, not anymore, but early in ministry, there'd be a time where after we paid, we tithed and we paid the bills, we only had $10 left. And she'd go, babe, we need to get gas. I go, no, I think we need to give $5 to that single mom. She's saying, babe, but we are not going to be able to drive. Babe, but I feel we need to give the $5 to the single mom. You give the single mom the $5, she starts crying. Why are you crying? I thought she was crying because she needed more than 10, (laughs) more than five. She said, I came to church today in faith that me and my children could hear the word of God. We had not enough gas in the car to go home, but now we will. And then someone turns around and gives us a hallelujah handshake and we get gas. Can I say God is able to meet your daily needs? And one of the most religious things is not to ask him to meet your daily needs. 
Can you say amen? Now, the next one, everyone say day by day, give us this day, our, our, our. That sounds, who says it that way? Our, our daily bread. It didn't say my daily bread, which means God wants to use you and I to meet the needs of others. I believe the day we're living in with the debt our nation is under, I think the time has now come where local churches aren't just going to receive funds, and our church does. We're going to begin to give funds. We have given away to poor, needy, and I'm talking about benevolence in our church more than any other year in 13 years. Why? Because give us this day our daily bread. We are called to meet the needs of others. But the last one, everyone say daily bread. Daily bread means this. Now, when we say the ancient church fathers, I'm not talking about the back then in the year 200, they didn't have the Catholic church and the Protestant church, or the Catholic church and the Baptist church. 200, 300, 400, they just had the ancient church fathers. And the ancient church fathers, get this, day by day, daily bread is only mentioned this place in the New Testament. No other time. And St. Jerome, when he took the Greek New Testament and he transliterated it into Latin, the Vulgate translation, he said this in Latin, super substantial bread. In Latin, pon, super substantial bread. That's what that phrase means in Greek. Say it with me, super substantial bread. You say, what is super substantial bread? The ancient church fathers went through scripture. And in the Torah, the book of Exodus, the children of Israel are in the wilderness. And they begin to complain. And then God says, tell the people, I am going to rain down bread from heaven. When they saw the bread, on the ground, it looked like dew in the morning, and they called it frosted flakes. I thought it must be great. I love frosted flakes. Favorite cereal ever, and I will even eat it with chocolate milk. That's daily bread right there. Listen to this. Manna in Hebrew means, what is it? daily substantial bread then they're coming out of egypt they make unleavened bread they eat it as they go and you say what is that daily bread it represents that christ the last supper this bread represents my body it's super substantial bread they had a widow in the time of the kings and the prophet said make me some bread or a cake and she said, hey, we only have enough for me and my son, and then that's it. We're going to die. Talk about inflation. They called it a famine. And he said, make me first a cake, some bread. Then the flour and the oil will never run out. She did. Look at me. When does ordinary bread become super substantial bread? When we give it away. What does it say? Bread cast on the water will return back unto you. And that bread never ran out. And you say, what is that? Super substantial 
bread. The ancient church fathers said this. In a moment, we're going to take participate in the Lord's table. They called this transubstantiation, which means super substantial bread. And I want to read this. This is what they believe about super substantial bread. It says this, transubstantiation, where the bread is turned into a supernatural substance. That's where they coined that. Today, I don't know what's going on in your life, but the children of Israel, as they ate that manna and ate the Passover bread, unleavened bread, they walked and lived for 40 years without disease, without sickness. Can I say one of the highest costs in America or the world today is healthcare and we're grateful for doctors. However, in the day we're living in, I think we need to have a higher faith, a deeper faith in the Lord's table that if he can meet my daily needs, can he meet the needs of my soul, the needs of my body, the needs of my life? I am a broken human being as you are. I need super substantial bread for a DNA that comes from heaven and that our broken humanity is meshed with the divinity of God alone. Can you say amen? Everyone say, give us, forgive us. Now I want you to go to the next phrase, a uh, part of the card. And frankly, this is my biggest struggle right here. And I have prayed this for over 42 years daily. And it's not babble, it's not recitation. It brings me into the soul of God, but please hear this. It puts his soul in me. Get this, it says, forgive our sins. Will you read it with me? Forgive our sins. Let's read it again. Forgive, stop right there. Aren't you glad you're forgiven? I have a lot to be forgiven of. But now get this, this is the part I really don't like. It's daunting as we forgive others who sin against us. The old one says it this way. If you're Catholic, you may remember. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive the trespasses of others. I like what it says in the New King James. Forgive us our sins as we forgive the debts. It's a debt. What we used to teach the boys when they would fight argue, hit one another. If you have three boys, they pick on each other. And so Becky made a song, true story. We are the Fuquay, Fuquay boys. We always share, share, share our toys. What is that? Give us this day our daily Ninja Turtle, give it. John will go, Dad, that's my Tonka truck. Jake goes, mine, mine. I go, Jake, give him the truck. No, what was I teaching them? Give us this day. We share our toys. We are the Fuquay, Fuquay boys. We always share, share, share our toys. And we make a lot, lot, lot of noise. Why? Because we are the Fuquay, Fuquay boys. So when they would get in an argument or a fight, I go, boys, over here. Hey! Ask him to forgive. No, it's his fault. No, no, no. Forgive our sins. I would quote it. 
as we forgive the sins of others. So look him in the eye. I'm sorry. I go, we know you're sorry, but you need to ask them to forgive you. Many people, the hardest words to say in a language is, will you forgive me? And so I say, no, ask them to forgive you. Will you forgive me? No, no, no. Look at them and mean it from your heart. Because one translation in the Matthew says, forgive us as we forgive them. Now, I heard someone say this week, and it's totally unbiblical, that you are not forgiven if you don't forgive. That's not true. Because we, I remember, you could tell if you don't believe Jesus forgave you. I'll tell you how I tell. My, my reoccurring sin, does anyone have a reoccurring sin? Good Lord, he, he released me from so many. But my temper and intensity, it still lingers. And, and so, I, when I get frustrated, it's like, man, I don't like them. And I don't want to forgive them. But listen to this. I kept repeating that sin over and over. Three days later, God, will you forgive me? I didn't mean to lose my temper. They took my parking spot. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how we explain our sin away to the Almighty? Lord, I would have never cursed them out if they didn't take my parking spot. Oh, there's always an excuse, right? Two days later, three days later, a week later, I'm still confessing it. You know what the Spirit of God spoke to my mind? He said, Jude, I forgave you the first time you asked me. In fact, I forgave you before you were born 2,000 years ago on a cross. He said, you are forgiven. But when I say, Get, forgive us as we forgive others, it's not that I haven't forgiven you. When you have bitterness or unforgiveness in your heart, it closes your heart and you cannot receive my forgiveness. He said it would be equivalent for someone paying off your house, but you didn't believe it and you kept paying your mortgage payment. How many of us are still trying to pay for something we did 10 years ago, 20 years ago? And why do we always rate sins like an Olympic church? Oh, that's a big one. You're going to have to do a lot to get rid of that one. No, the blood of Jesus Christ forgives big sins, economy sins, Costco-sized sins. Come on, every sin. But what happens when you and I do not forgive, it's like having a billion trillion dollars in an ATM account and we never access it. You know, and why is it, guys? I, I just stay with me a bit. The number one harm in our nation today is unforgiveness. With marriage, in our uh, relations, in policy, politics, forgiveness. Why am I much better at confessing Becky's sin than my own? And we have that tendency when we sin, like Adam and Eve. Adam, where are you? It's the woman. I thought she was the perfect one. And she goes, well, it was the snake. It's not me. And you know what? Why is it easier for me to confess someone else's sin? Because it blocks me and really misguides me, distracts me from seeing that I have sin in my own life. Let me give you the parable. How can you remove a speck in someone else's eye when you have a whole sequoia forest in your own? 
wait, what? You understand? Now, go think about this. Hebrews 12, 15. Do not let a root of bitterness grow up within you that it will defile you and many others. Watch me. I was praying this part of the prayer. This is my biggest struggle. I actually think the world would be changed in an instant if believers forgave everyone who hurt them. Who took your innocence? Who took your job, your money, your position? Some people have even been hurt by people in the church. They call it spiritual abuse. Can you forgive them? Can you forgive them? And as many times as I rehearse their faults, that's how many times I block myself from living out the forgiveness that Jesus Christ has given me. I want you to read these scriptures and we're going to end. Look at this, Genesis 50. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant it for evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. Look at Luke chapter 23, 34. Then he said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. How about Acts 7, Stephen, the first martyr of the church. He knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge this to their account. What did Jesus say? Father, forgive them. They do not know. I want you to just breathe in. Before we begin, we're going to stand up in a brief moment. I want you to breathe out. I was praying one day this prayer, and I got to this part. It's easy for me to start off with the praise. Our Father who's in heaven. God, thank you. You're my Father. But when no one's been there, you've been there. Holy is your name, Lord. The name of Christ is so sacred. Give us this day our daily bread. Then forgive us. Forgive us as we forgive others. I got stuck. This person hurt me. And I started crying. I couldn't forgive them. I couldn't forgive them. And the Lord said, stand up. And I literally took my Bible and I began to read Luke chapter 11. And when I got to the part, forgive others. You will be forgiven as you forgive others. And I started crying and I said, God, I forgive them. And I want you to hear what I said, but I said, Lord, this is so unfair. They've done this repeatedly. And if Jake and Jude or Jude and John fight, I'm gonna make them remember the drill, look at each other, ask for forgiveness. And if one of them doesn't, I'm gonna give them a timeout. Lord, I don't want you to give them a flat tire or anything, but can you please send them to their room for about a year? You know what he put on my mind? And this is where we end. Okay, Jude, I'll do it. But when you sin, you will. I'm going to have to handle you the same way because that's where your faith is at. You think my forgiveness is measured and it's conditional on you and it is not already died on a cross and I already went to the grave and on the third day I rose again and you are forever forgiven and that should change the way you look at those who have hurt you used you spoken ill and please get this I'm showing you a way that you can turn your pain 
into intercession and you will never be the same. Will you stand up with me? And we're going to participate in the Lord's table. Will you take the elements? Will you take the cup and the bread? I believe we could pray about our daily needs. I believe daily and weekly we should look for people to meet their needs. You say, well, I only have 10 extra. Well, then give $2 away. I'm not talking about an offering. I'm talking about living life where we are open to meeting the needs of other people. Another one would be to forgive from the heart daily. I'm, I'm getting there. I want you to please get this. At the heart of Christ's ministry is forgiveness. In all the mystics, all the spiritual elite, all the masters, spiritual masters, they spoke, they taught, and they lived on how to forgive. We really will only scratch the surface of knowing God and believing God without forgiveness because it's with forgiveness that you are changed and converted into another person. I want to pray this also through the Holy Spirit. I want you to get this through the Holy Spirit. We can turn the pain and hurt into intercession as we have been commanded to pray for those who have hurt us. Forgiveness, please get this. This is where I end today. Forgiveness bears witness that in our world, love is stronger than sin. That person hurt us. He hurt you. She hurt you. That's not an unreality. And it would be superficial for any counselor or leader to say, just forget it. You can't forget something that's painful. But you know what you can do? You could redeem it through forgiveness and prayer. And I would say forgiveness is instant from the heart. Trust needs time to rebuild. And when someone says, why don't you trust me? I thought you forgave me. Forgiveness and trust are two opposite things. Forgiveness is in. You go, well, I don't feel like it. I never do. I have to do it by faith. By faith, I have to go and say, God, I forgive this person. And I'm telling you, when you do and you pray for them, then you will experience Christ in a conversion like you never had, okay? Let's do this. Let's take the bread. And what I'm going to do, I break it. And this is super substantial bread. What is it? It's the power and presence of God Almighty coming into our being where we will not live by opinions alone or that which is on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or the news, but we will live by the very word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by the words that proceed from the mouth of God. Let's partake the bread together. This is my favorite part, and honestly, no sin starts in the outward. It begins in the mind, and I'm cleansed from the inside out. I'm cleansed, forgiven from the inside out. Let's partake of the cup. Would you do this with me when you hold your hands up? Father, we come and pray day by day give us our daily bread we're going to trust you to meet our needs 
We're going to trust you to use us to meet the needs of others. But most of all, Almighty God, come with that super substantial bread that transforms us into new people where the old is gone and the new's come. That's not Jude anymore. That Jude has been born again. That Jude has the DNA of his heavenly father. And he will reflect that in his relations with others. And he will live to forgive and not hold a grudge or be bitter. God, I come now with the power of the living Christ. Heal people of unforgiveness. Heal people of bitterness. God, maybe it was abandonment. Maybe it was rejection. Maybe it was betrayal. Maybe, Lord, it's a sting. It happened when they were young and they can't get over it. And everything goes through that filter. God, now I come and I heal you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We say, forgive us, God. Forgive us, Lord. And let us know the beautiful reality of being completely, totally, eternally forgiven. That we are 100% right before God. And therefore, as a result, we will forgive others. Somebody needs to forgive their parents in here. And I want to release you. They did the best they could do. They were fallen. They, they were human. They did the best they can do. Now forgive them and watch new life come into your heart and your mind and your soul. And when we count to three, you may be a person who believes but you struggle trusting God. You trust him coming to church on Sunday, but God's saying, will you trust me throughout your life, throughout your day to meet your needs, to meet them according to who I am, not according to who you are, to forgive you because I've already forgiven you, that you will be a new and a different type of person. Today is the greatest moment for you because you are gonna surrender your entire life to God and you're going to yield control to God and you're going to trust God with all your mind and heart when I count to three you're going to raise your hand you're going to do it boldly you're going to do it and your life is going to change you're going to do it and you will meet God who created this universe and on three you're going to yield it's not just religion it's not just being in a denomination it's being in a relationship with God and so right now is that moment. On three, you'll raise your hand. One, on three, you're gonna raise your hand. I, I am trusting God this time. It's not gonna be half and half. I'm totally gonna trust God. Two, and on three, right now, three, raise your hand. I see your hand. Look, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Come on, stop, shout, cheer. Come on, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I don't care what you put on my Facebook. It's over. He doesn't remember it. I'm not going to rehearse it. It is done. I'm going to stop thinking on that. I am a new person in Jesus Christ. Come on. I am delivered. I am set free. I am a new human being. Come on. In Jesus' name. Everyone say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart be the number one in my life and I thank you I am forgiven therefore I'm gonna forgive in Jesus name amen 
We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.